Hello and welcome. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jessica. And this is Pretty Over Perfect. We are two former neighbors and current best friends who know that perfection is an illusion that could easily keep us from living our best lives. We are here to discover the goodness in the messiness of real life and find joy in the everyday by embracing simplicity, creativity, and a little sparkle. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Michelle. And hello and welcome to all of our listeners. Welcome to a new month. That's right. This month, September, we are super excited to be talking about interior design and all things home, I suppose, because it's a time when we're all headed indoors a lot more. Let me take a moment and wipe my eyes because I always get sad <laughs> when summer ends. Although I do love fall and I do love the coziness of it all, it take I have to take a moment and mourn the end of summer. <laughs> but this makes yes. me excited talking about interior design. Go ahead, though, after I took my moment. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know that I'm a little bit of a weirdo. I, I, I don't want to say I'm a fall hater, but like I, you know, fall is just everything dying that you loved in summer. And I love summer. <laughs> so it's just kind of it's a little bit sad for me. But this is one of the ways that I get excited about fall. I get excited about revamping and rejuvenating my home and getting it all cozy and ready for the winter, the fall and winter ahead. That's right. We're all kind of moving indoors. And a lot of people are going back to school or in general, changing their routine again for these nine months ahead of us. So it's just kind of a good time to make sure that your home is a peaceful place that you want to be when you are coming back to it at the end of the long days that await us. So it's a great time to get everything in order. That's right. And I think interior design is so much fun. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been imagining how I would decorate my home since I can remember. <laughs> I, I took a an, an interior design class in high school and I still oh, remember. Really? Yeah, just it was so, so fun just to kind of dream about my future home and how I would, you know, decorate. It's fun. So I'm excited to dive in throughout yes. the, the month of September here. Yes, I'm excited too. Before we get started, before we dive any deeper, we do want to um, encourage you, if you're enjoying this podcast, to share it with a friend, maybe leave us a review. It's really encouraging and helpful when you do so. We're also at Pretty Over Perfect on Instagram, and you can email us any questions or thoughts or um, ideas for things we might discuss here on the podcast at hello at prettyoverperfect.com. So I just want to kind of put a plug in at this point to encourage you guys to maybe interact and share so we can keep doing this. We're kind yes. of rounding the corner here. We said we were going to do this for one year. One year. And one year is almost up, Michelle. Pretty That's crazy. right. So <laughs> if you think we should go beyond one year, should tell us and yes, also please. tell us what you want us to talk about but yeah definitely come check us out on instagram at pretty over perfect this week especially this month especially because this particular subject lends itself better to photographs so yeah hopefully we will include some some examples some supporting supportive pictures <laughs> that's right okay so we are going to be talking this whole month about interior design, but some different elements of it. And I think today we should get started with the most basic, in my opinion, element of interior design, which is 
finding the flow and function of your house. I agree. I think that it's really fun to talk about artwork and plants and colors and all of that frill. But the foundation, foundational conversation, I think, is is about how things flow in our homes and how we can function well with what we have around us. Yeah, I think just how, I mean, you can kind of think of it as like how the energy flows in your house, but how you arrange your furniture and how you set up your rooms and then the entire house really has a big impact on how you move in that space, how your family moves in that space, and in general, how you feel in that space. So yeah, yeah, artwork is super fun to talk about. But the foundation of a well designed home Mm -hmm. is one that's laid out really well and to the best of its each space's function. um, So that everybody who comes into the house can feel very at ease. I know that designers, like if you're sitting down with a professional interior designer, I know they spend a good amount of time on the forefront in the planning phase trying to, you know, one, understand who their client is, but most almost more important, how their client functions within their their home and their space. And they try to make the space work for the client, obviously. And I mean, I think this seems like a no-brainer when you're sitting down designing a custom home, but I also think it's really important to implement this for, you know, regular people like me who (laughs) are not building a custom home. So, Michelle, I want to know, how do you approach finding the best flow and function for any room in general? Well, yeah, I think it's exactly what you say, what you just said, in that first ask yourself what is the function of this room? What room or what purpose does this room fulfill? And is it accomplishing that? So for instance, like in the living room, I want that to be a place of connection of togetherness of people gathering together and sitting down for a chat. So I want to arrange my furniture in a way that is really conducive to that. I want my furniture to be facing each other. Mm-hmm. So that people can be talking. I want the furniture close enough together that people are not yelling across the room at each other. <laughs> and I want the furniture to be comfortable to put people at ease. I also like to, in the living room specifically, avoid putting furniture against a wall so that the energy can keep flowing in a room. This is actually a principle of feng shui. I think okay. I'm saying that correctly. But to me, it made, it's made sense in a lot of the houses that I've lived in that even if by design of the room or by the way the room is made, furniture needs to be parallel to a wall. I like to bring it out from the wall a foot, 18 inches, even just a little bit to get some breathing room around, around the space. And one of the ideas there is that, especially if you look into like the principles of feng shui, apologize if I'm butchering that pronunciation. I doubt you are. Um, <laughs> that if you are, the principles of that are that you really want people to, you really pay attention to the way people feel in a room, whether it's you or your guests. And if furniture is up against a wall, people tend to feel like they're literally up against a wall and it's, it's kind of an uncomfortable feeling. So if you just give your space a little bit of breathing room, people tend to feel more at ease. Again, this is not like possible in every home, but whenever it is possible, I like to 
I like to do that. Do you have an example of of a home where it wouldn't be possible, like, or an example of where it wouldn't be possible to not have well to not so be able to do that? Uh, yeah, I think that even if like your room, so for instance, Jessica, like you have an L shaped couch, and one of the pieces needs to be against a wall in your living room, right? Mm-hmm. Like in your but maybe, entryway. Mm-hmm. But okay. you have created with that space. There are, there are a couple things that you're like looking for. And the way that your room is arranged, it would be completely silly to put your <laughs> furniture the opposite way, right? Mm-hmm. And have like the back of your couch towards the fireplace that you have. And then right. the people just like looking out into the front door that doesn't make any sense so um so in like your space that's a great example of you have created a cozy nook for everyone to gather and you've Mm -hmm. created you've used one part of your couch as like a entryway it creates an entryway and a visual separation between your entry and your living space and then one couch piece is against a wall but it creates that cozy atmosphere where you can sit down and gather and you're facing the fireplace, you're facing the TV if you're going to be watching TV. And so it creates that cozy atmosphere, but out of necessity, it's up against a wall. So well, I'm glad you used that example because that was my roundabout way to ask if maybe I should move my couch out a little bit from my wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could, your couch is I'm like gonna try it out there now. Yeah, it is. It's It's a very large couch. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me started on it. That's not my favorite. <laughs> you, I mean, you can always try it. Some of these things, like, I really think, like, just try them and play around with them and see if you yeah. like it better. And I've always liked it better when I brought my furniture out from the wall a little bit. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, depending on the space of your room or, like, for instance, in your living room, you know, maybe you won't like the way that it feels because of the entryway being there or yeah. – um you know, there might be something else or maybe because of the size of the room and the size of the furniture, it's just not really like possible to bring it out from against a wall. So that's where I say like, this is an ideal, try it if it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So then the same idea, it's in feng shui, it's called being in command of the room. So kind of like where you're thinking of how you don't want to be like, you don't want to have your back up against a wall. You also, most people don't like to um, have doors behind them. This is really important in a bedroom. Mm -hmm. The ultimate in feng shui is that in a bedroom, the bed is within sight of the door so that you could always see someone who's coming in. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you keep saying feng shui. shui, I think maybe, could you define that in case maybe a listener doesn't know what that means okay that's a good point let's just talk about what feng shui is let's do it okay so feng shui is this idea from chinese thought that there are there's a system of laws that govern spatial arrangement and orientation in relation to the flow of energy which is called chi cool so that's kind of like an overarching term it's really i really understand small snippets of it in relation to interior design and Mm -hmm. it is much bigger than all of that i don't know all of that there are like certain elements like things like metal and wood and fire and all of these things that i am not familiar with you could spend a lot of time researching this. There are just a few principles of 
energy flow that have made a lot of sense to me when I've heard them. And one, some of the big things that I've taken away, I learned from a podcast that I'll link in the show notes of a feng shui consultant being interviewed on the Young House Love has a podcast podcast. And she just talked about some of the basic elements that inform interior design. So there's like a lot more to it. Cool. I only know about some of the some of the things that when I read them about energy flow in a house and just making the room work for people and making people really comfortable in a room that have like really clicked with me. And whenever I've thought about them, I feel like it has helped me solve problems in a room. So okay, cool. And we'll get into some examples as we go on. Yes. Yeah. So my next example is a bedroom. In the bedroom, you should have the bed in view of the door. This is called, this is something called having command of the space. And the idea here is that the person or people in the room want to feel in command of the space. So especially in a vulnerable situation where you're going to be sleeping, the people sleeping in the bed want to be able to view the door. Yeah. You would not feel comfortable sleeping with like, you know, the door obstructed in some way. So as often as possible, the bed should be in view of the door, but shouldn't be like directly facing the door. Again, that's not always possible, but these are sort of some of the ideals. But also in the bedroom, you want to think about the bedroom being a sanctuary where you are coming home to rest or to connect with your spouse. So this is really where I like to think of what energy is in the room, what energy am I putting in the room? I think that in bedrooms, I try to keep out as much clutter and as much chores and to-do lists as possible from the bedroom so that the bedroom is a place that's relaxing for sleeping or for connecting. So in feng shui, they would tell you not to store things under your bed if possible. Um, I don't think that's always possible, (laughs) but if it is possible, um, keep that area clear because it adds to like the mental clutter that as you're laying down to sleep, just kind of builds and builds and builds and can make you anxious or uncomfortable and have a harder time sleeping. Wow. I'm learning so much. Keep talking. There's so much. (laughs) My, My other thing is, you know, if you are going to have as much as possible, keep like Yeah, like do your laundry in a separate room. If you're going to have a desk in your bedroom, make sure that it's like really clean and clear or maybe even put, you know, your paperwork inside boxes that can be closed so that you can like mentally shut down your workspace and have a space for relaxing with your partner or sleeping on your own if that's what's going on. Like just whatever you can do to quiet your mind put anything behind closed doors, if possible, you know, simple wardrobe, if you don't have a closet, anything that can just ease the space of its mental clutter, so that what is meant to be happening in that room is able to happen. I like that. that. And I think the key, yeah, I think the key here is to identify the purpose that you want for that space. So then you can make all of these decisions around that purpose. But so often, we're just kind of like, at least for me, I'm a little bit muddled and everything's kind of has the potential to one space can bleed into the next. And I think it would do me some good to kind of even just, I've done this exercise before, but just to revisit and and kind of identify the purposes for each of my spaces and be able to implement this feng shui. 
Um, yeah, it's just like, it's interesting because once for when I have heard about it, like just some of these little elements, I'm like, oh, this does make sense. But sometimes it's hard to implement or it's easy to think, you know, I'm going to do my laundry in my bedroom, whatever. We all do our laundry in our bedroom sometimes. It's not like a bad thing. But when you kind of have like a purpose or intention to say, I want my bedroom to be for sleeping, so I'm going to do the laundry somewhere else. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it can just add some vitality to your life. You know, it's not like like that. It's not like these are rules that like if you don't follow them, you're going to have a terrible life or anything like that. But it's just kind of like an invitation to feel better in your space. And then there's some like actual thought behind how people feel good in their spaces. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And like in our room, in our living room, we have couches. I'll show you on Instagram. Sometimes I have them in an L and sometimes I have them parallel to each other so that people can talk depending on kind of what's happening more in our life, whether we are. Are you rearranging on the daily or what? Not on the daily, but we had them parallel facing each other because I really like how it just invites people to sit down and have conversation. But then when we all went into quarantine last year and we as a family were sitting down to enjoy a TV show at night, I put them back into an L too so that one couch faces the TV because that was Mm -hmm. more invitational of what we were doing in that space. And I wanted to be comfortable for how we were using that space. But now I'm thinking it's time for them to go back to parallel. Ooh, that's exciting. Parallel yes, couch. it is exciting. Parallel couches. It's time for people to come over. <laughs> Hallelujah. And one of the things, so in our, another principle would be that, like, you want to face what you want more of. So in our, mm, in our living again. room, you want to face what you want more of. Okay, so in like the in the living room in this example, I can have my couches in an L and they can either be a left L or a right L. And in one direction, the couch would be facing, the couch that could change positions would be facing the bathroom door, or in the other position, it would be facing the window. Well, it's kind of a no-brainer. I would want it to be facing the window so that when you're sitting there, you're looking outside and enjoying the trees and enjoying the greenery. You'd not want to be sitting on a couch facing Waiting for your the friend bathroom. to leave the bathroom. <laughs> no. Like, hello, I see you that you're not done. want that. <laughs> Yeah. So those are just like some things that I think about when going into when going into a space like what, you know, point (laughs) reminds me of a friend's quote where I don't know what Joey's Joey asks, like, if somebody has a TV and they're like, no, I don't have a TV. And he's like, well, what is your furniture pointed at? Um, Yeah. So it just begs the question, what is your furniture pointed at? Which actually, I think the houses are like literally built today to face TVs. So if yours is facing a TV, that just might be the way it is. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with TV. Um, But I just like to think of what do I want to be doing in this space? And is it it happening here? Or should we move the furniture to make it happen a little bit more? I like it. Making it work for you. Yeah. So I don't have any fancy lingo to support my thoughts here, but when I think of flow, I'm, I think of the way that I move about my home, the way that my furniture is arranged, kind of like you're just saying to encourage certain behaviors, certain interactions. And it sounds like you're kind of talking energy. What are your thoughts on the correlation? Am I just totally off base here? Cause you and your fancy words make me feel intimidated. <laughs> 
No, don't feel intimidated. I think that they are, to me, they are related. I might be a little bit butchering the concept of feng shui when I relate them. But to me, it definitely is how the people are moving. I think that there's elements of, like when I'm saying energy, the feeling that the people have in the room. That sounds mm-hmm. maybe strange, but no, it's I like definitely it. how you walk into a room. And is your room easy to access? Are you know, are you stumbling over things? Are you, is it awkward to enter the room? That's definitely a part of flow. And I think that that those words connect in that the energy of like going to sit down, if you trip on something on the way, you know, it really like stops your energy, right? And like you can't that's keep true through the space. That's true. So very intertwined. That's how I yes, I I think of them as connected and sort of like your yeah, your I mean, it sounds kind of woohoo to say it, but like your feelings about a space. How do you feel in the space? Well, that's sort that's of the important. energy that's in it. That's important. I like that. I like yeah. that we're talking about both. For me, I think it's a really good exercise to kind of be an observer in your home and kind of Mm -hmm. watch where are the places we gravitate and like, is there a common place that people perch to read in the afternoons? Um, I know my friend, Mikkel, she's, she's amazing. She's a very good interior designer, not official or professional, but she could be. She's a working mom and she has her desk situated in her office. And then she has a, a sofa next to it, um, where her girls can come and sit. She usually, she's very, very intentional. It blows my mind. Um, usually has a, a craft or an activity for them there that they can kind of do by her. Um, anyway, little things like that. Um, up in my master bedroom, we've had to kind of share the space there with my infant. And I have a chair in the corner that I nurse him in and I've noticed that my kids like to gravitate there in the mornings, which is a little problematic because the chair is not, the arms aren't very wide. And so everybody's all over me and I'm trying to nurse the baby. And so, I mean, this kind of triggers me to think, okay, well, can I implement some cheap like poofs on the ground yeah. next to me? Or um, how do I make this space work for us so that our, we're not, it's not getting in the way of our moment of connection in the morning. Um, so I, I think it's good to just kind of step back and be an observer maybe during a day where do we gravitate? What's in the way? What could we kind of reconfigure to, um, help us have the, the energy and the feelings that we want in our homes to be more enjoyable or, or whatnot. Totally. Yeah. And then observe guests. Where do they go and hang out? You know, Oh, that's Um, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Are they comfortable? Do they have a hard time navigating your space? somehow or uh, one of the things that's funny is that our an energy trap I don't even know if that's the right term but like like our kitchen island people get stuck there (laughs) and I think it's like a good I mean you know it's the kitchen it's not necessarily a bad thing that that's where people end up they don't always go and sit on their sit on the couches even though I would like them to Um, so I want to make that space as comfortable as possible we have bar stools there, but uh, we had like a count uh, bar height piece of our island there, but that didn't encourage people to like sit down and relax. So I, so we, one of our projects was that we made that entire island counter height so that you could pull out a stool that wasn't too tall and you could sit there and it would be a little bit more comfortable. It's not mm. 
Yeah. It's not the comfiest place in our whole house, but because I noticed people were hanging out there so much, it was like, how can I make this more comfortable for people when they are here? I like that example a lot. I think it there's instances in all of our homes where the flow is probably a little bit off. Um, so any more insight as to how to address that or maybe how to how, how do you know the flow is off in a room? Yeah, I think if you just feel uncomfortable or anxious in a room, uh, one of the things that I was thinking of is do you sit down and then immediately feel like you have to get up and go work on something? <laughs> like that would be a sign to me that you feel uncomfortable in that room or something is in your space that's telling you like things aren't done and you have to fix things. Um, like, I don't know. Sometimes I, I feel like it's a je ne sais quoi type thing. Like, People are like, I don't know why, but this room bothers me. <laughs> and mm. so if you feel that way, it might be about the flow of the room. And you might want to try arranging some furniture in a different way. And honestly, like some of the stuff, even though I eventually like found principles that clicked and made sense for me, a lot of stuff I did just by like trying out different room arrangements until I found something that like felt better. Um, I think that's a key here. I think that's a key. That's usually the answer. Yeah. Just reconfiguring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not telling you to buy anything in this episode. (laughs) Just work with what you have and see if you can arrange it into a way that is more suitable for what you want to be doing in the room. Or, you know, um, I mean, our garage is not super neat and tidy because I would rather have every other room in the house as like clutter free as possible and as relaxing as possible. So all the clutter goes to the garage. And if you don't have a garage, then, you know, we can talk about something different, but, um, I just want like people to be at peace as much as possible in their situation. So if people aren't at peace, I want to notice that and see if I can fix it. Um, another thing is if you have tripping hazards, like literal tripping hazards, obviously that's going to block the flow. So, you know, sometimes this is um, side tables that are too small and they're like out of peripheral vision mm-hmm. or maybe um, a decorative object or a trunk or something like that that's just in the way. And, you know, is there anything that you're like constantly like yes. bruising your shin on? You yes, know? there is. It's the stool in my master bath. Can I go yes. through a day without tripping over it? No, uh, I cannot. So maybe I should reconfigure that situation. <laughs> the stools, they are difficult because. <laughs> but then I just think the this is my phase of life. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could I put I it into our money. shower when I'm not doing a little child's hair or something. <laughs> That's right. I do have a space where the stools go, even if they are not there all the time, at least where to is like it? start the day. Oh, well, it depends on... Um, what room of the house because we have so many stools but you know there's a little spot in the kitchen next to the sliding glass doors where the stool belongs for the kitchen and then one thing that's nice I don't love that our bathroom downstairs has a like those tulip bowl sinks mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about yeah. but it is nice because the stool fits pretty nicely under yeah, there that is nice <laughs> and then in the kids bathroom upstairs I tuck the stool beside the cabinetry so it's between the cab the cabinetry and the toilet mm, and so, toilet. so yeah so maybe i could clean out. out underneath one of my cabinets and set it there yeah pull it out when i need it these are th- things i could think about off air here but <laughs> children are small <laughs> they need stools for a while but they won't always need stools 
That's right. One one of the things I was thinking about too is could you navigate your house in the dark? Like it's pitch black, you've lost power. Could you navigate your house successfully? That would be kind of a good indication that there's good flow and that things are in a place that makes sense. And yeah, and also watching, you know, your guests, your guests always trip over one thing that like you don't <laughs> anymore because you know where it, it is and you step over it. But yeah, those are all things I look out for and, and try to remedy if possible. Wonderful. My wheels are spinning. I know. It's so exciting, right? I'm like, whew. I want to keep doing this to like make the ultimate flow in our, in our house, even though that's right. We're here for a while. Like we can, well, things always are changing and it's, it's yeah. nice to have that. It feels like it gives me some power yes. to be able to make my home feel the way I want without spending a dime. Truly. Right. Just yeah. reconfiguring. Okay. So you've noticed there's a problem in your room and it's just off. I would suggest taking everything out, even the furniture, if possible, or, you know, and try a different configuration with some things in mind, you know, pointing furniture towards windows, moving it out from the wall a little bit, making spaces cozier and smaller. Sometimes like Mm -hmm. it feels maybe counterintuitive, but sometimes you do want spaces to be cozier so that they invite more of that togetherness. Um, Like you're saying, adding the poofs to the little sitting area that you have in your room. I mean, you're adding more stuff, but it is making that space more comfortable for the way that you use it. And like just some random tips that go with this is if it depends on the size of your rug, but if your rug is a typical like eight by 10, seven by nine, the front feet of your furniture should be on it the back feet so that's like a good that's a good idea of how cozy and intimate you want things to be and the coffee table should be close enough that people can set their beverages on it easily so these are kind how of just practical ways like, yeah like just like sit down in your chair and see like can i easily set down my drink you know if you have couches like i do where you have like two couches that are at an l can people walk through them easily or is it too tight and they're like going to be awkward and they don't know how, is there an easy entryway to your space? You want to think about that. And yeah, I guess we already talked about how sometimes you might use like a couch or something like that to create visual definition, which is a great way to really define. I mean, that's what we just said, definition to define a space (laughs) and give it some clarity, give it some purpose. That's one of the things about like an open floor plan that can be really confusing is if you just walk in and there's like so much space, it can be difficult to think of like, well, how do I even buy the right furniture for this? So creating little like nooks that people go into is a great way to do that. And if you've taken everything out of your room and then put the furniture back beyond that, again, think about how you want that room to feel and only add back in the elements that create that feeling. Like maybe you have objects that are great conversation starters. That's a really good idea. Books that are inviting either to like look through or read or share with a friend, those kinds of things show what the room is for, right? Obviously right now I'm talking about like a living room, but you know, in your bedroom, do you have, do you have books? If you have some books, do you have books that 
encourage peace and serenity. <laughs> you know, maybe not like murder mysteries. No, I don't know. But um, I don't know where you're going to read that. That's for the uh, living but, room only. That's for the living room only. The basement only. Just no, no, thank you. <laughs> it's way too scary. But just like uh, one tip that I actually heard, which was, it was so random, but I was like, oh, it's a good idea. In a couple's bedroom, this consultant noticed that this couple had only art of single women in it. And she was like, well, there should be art that encompasses like love and togetherness and couples <laughs> self-centered much <laughs> yeah and like i was just like it was a funny moment but it was like oh yeah like just encouraging what you want more of point yeah. your self towards what you want more of same thing with mirrors i think that mirrors are mm-hmm. a great way to get the energy flowing in a house and they can like almost add much cheaper windows in certain situations but Definitely. make sure there are hung in a way that they are reflecting what you want more of. Are they reflecting mm-hmm. other windows so that you're getting more outside? Like you don't want them to reflect a dark wall or something like that. Um, I, I saw this reel once where this girl was saying, essentially, stop hanging your mirrors above your fireplace. Yeah. We don't want to see more of the ceiling. Yes, exactly. Because all you <laughs> I see definitely is like still have a light. mirror above my fireplace, but I did try to angle it where I could get some light reflecting. Yes. Because I like that. Yeah. I like that. But I Well, that and yours funny. is perfectly, again, like reflecting the light of your other window. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's Works a lot about the way. angle there. Yeah. But I've done the same thing where I put a mirror above my fireplace, but because I didn't mount it, it was like angled too steeply. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I am just looking at my ceiling and this is not fun. <laughs> so I do like mirrors, but I like to hang them. And sometimes I like to hang them. I mean, I think all of your art should be hung at eye level so that people aren't craning their necks to look at it. But a mirror is something that I think you can take just above eye level in certain areas mm, so that it's reflecting the light without you like staring at yourself all the time because mm. <laughs> i yeah that's like nobody wants that of, temptation no like i i can show a picture but in our dining room we have windows or we have mirrors hung ab- mm. above our wainscoting and it's perfect because nobody is actually ever looking at themselves in the mirror while eating <laughs> but it reflects a lot of light in the room yeah and before we put those windows in that was like a real dead space in the house the like it was it yeah. was weird yeah the the mirrors they really helped to bring the energy flow into harmony in that room but it's important that no one is staring at themselves in a mirror while eating. So some things to think about. <laughs> I like it. I love to learn about stuff like this because, of course, we all want to feel good in, in our homes. We all want to feel yeah. comfortable and feel like it's beautiful, but we don't know where to start a lot of times. And sometimes yeah. we accidentally focus on some of the less impactful things that are also more expensive. Sometimes we feel like we have to just go buy new things to feel more comfortable. But the answer I think really is within this conversation um, to address Mm -hmm. the flow and function of our homes and then build from there. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes when you feel off about a room, it can be easy to try to satisfy that feeling by buying more pillows for the couch or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And it might not really fix your feelings of you know, being ill at ease in that space. I mean, if it's lacking coziness, then maybe pillows are your answer. That's true. But um, yeah, I think that this is sort of more of that 
kind of what we talk about in a lot of aspects on this podcast, sort of that deep work that has a bigger payoff in the end. And just remember, like your home should be your domain. And you it should be the place that you feel the most at peace and the most whole. And nobody can tell you exactly what that feels like. But I do believe that no matter what your budget or your location, if you are conscientious of thinking about how the the rooms and then the whole house work together, you can feel really good in your space, no matter what space it is. And no matter your budget. So I agree. And last thought here. It's so easy for us to look on Pinterest or Instagram. And and when we want to feel more at ease or comfortable, we look there. And Mm -hmm. that does nothing to help our feelings towards our home, right? It only, well, it does a lot in the negative category. But um, if we can just look deeper around us, within us, then I think we can make really impactful changes. So that's just a reminder to me, a reminder to you, Mm -hmm. a reminder, reminder to anyone listening. Instead of looking around, let's look at what we have and let's make it the best we can. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, we're going to do a whole podcast episode just on on that, on loving where you live and not somebody else's home. Because it's really easy. Yeah, we get constantly inundated with this information. But you can be happy at home in your own space. Just take all your couches out and then without start ripping down any walls. (laughs) We believe it. (laughs) Okay. So next next week we are gonna focus. Is that what we're focusing on? I can't remember. Oh, we can loving where you are or finding your style. Finding your style. Okay. Well it'll be it'll be a surprise which one we do next week. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Until then. Come find us on Instagram, share with a friend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.